Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Digging Deeper, a podcast by the Glendale Road Church of Christ. I'm Stephen Hunter, the preacher of the Glendale Road Church of Christ, and I'm glad you joined. If you find this helpful, please rate it, uh, subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it along. So let's get into it today. I want to talk about how the Bible came to us. That is, where did this all start? We have a sacred book that is nonetheless a book. And scripture was written over a period of 1,400 years by various authors. It wasn't put together until centuries after all the writings were collected. But some writings remained as one, such as the Torah, which are the first five books of the Bible. Also, the Minor Prophets, that used to be referred to as the Book of the Twelve. So how did this process occur? And, And that's what a lot of people wonder. How and who created the Bible is remarkable and something that you're not required to know, but it's pretty enlightening regardless. So, allow me first to give you a timeline of pertinent events as it relates to writing altogether and the Bible. So, we go all the way back to the year 3200 BC. That's where writing began through pictographic means in a place called Sumer, S-U-M-E-R. Then, a couple hundred years later, 300, excuse me, 3000 BC, Egyptian hieroglyphs were developed. Now, Abraham, our forefather of the faith, lived around the year 2100 BC. And in 1800 BC, an alphabet was created in Egypt. Now we get on to the year 1500 BC. This is around the time that Moses lived. We go a few hundred years after, 1200 BC, in northwest Syria was a place called Ugarit. And Ugaritic language comes from Ugarit. Now, there are stylistic similarities between Ugaritic and the Hebrew of Exodus chapters 15 and Judges chapter 5. These similarities led linguists to believe that Exodus 15 and Judges 5 are are using the oldest script in the Bible that that dates to 1100 to 1200 BC. Okay, what does that mean? Let's put it like this. Let's say you were reading the English Standard Version of the Bible, and you get to Exodus 15, and it's written in the King James And then you get to Judges 5, and it's written in the King James. But all the rest of the Bible is the English Standard Version. That's what is meant. So the Hebrew that's used in Exodus 15 and Judges 5 predates the majority of the rest of the Old Testament Hebrew, which gives us a pretty interesting timeline, as well as understanding that Exodus 15 and Judges 5 are older and were preserved in probably an original or a more older script, which kind of takes us back to validating the Bible and Israel's history and so forth. You get to the year 1000 BC, and this is when the monarchical period of Israel's history begins. From around 1000 to 900 BC, Archaeologists have found the earliest Hebrew inscription on a potsherd. It's called Kerbet Kaifa. It's called the Kerbet Kaifa 
ostracon. So you curb it, K-H-I-R-B-E-T, Kaefa, Q-E-I-Y-A-F-A, ostracon. If you were to Google that, you can read more about it. Really, really neat stuff. Then we get to the year 516 B.C. We have manuscripts dating to this period, and that is a period known as the Second Temple Period. The oldest manuscript we have dates to the 4th century B.C., which will be the 300s. Then we have around 250 B.C., the Dead Sea Scrolls were written. So I give you this timeline not to bore you, but to give you a rough idea and overview of what we know about written communication. Now this information is the result of linguists, philologists, archaeology, and other related areas of study. So, materials that were used in writing were stone, clay, wood, and leather. Additionally, papyrus leaves were mostly that upon which the New Testament was written. These plants grew along the Nile River and were used as far back as 3000 BC, but they became very common among the Greeks and Romans for making a book. Now, the way that these books are referred to, a single book is a codex. Multiple books are codices. So if you've ever seen those two terms, that's a better way to think of it in the way that we, you know, that's not so academic or advanced. Now the average roll was 30 feet long and 9 to 10 inches high. Scribes would write on one side for the most part, but occasionally they would write on both sides, as is referenced in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Animal skins were referred to as either vellum or parchment. They were another common material used to make a letter. So whenever you hear about the discovery of a manuscript or something that scholars date to thus and such period, they base this off of the material upon which it was written, the language, the dialect, the syntax, and even the carbon dating. That's a lot to digest, I realize, but I appreciate you hanging with me. Now, because we know certain materials were used by particular people during specific times, archaeologists can pinpoint a general time frame that contributes to our overall knowledge of the history of a text. Now, it's difficult to fix a date when the Bible was written or began to be written. Now, we believe Moses lived around 1500 B.C., and the books attributed to him would have been written sometime from 1500 B.C. to 1450 B.C. And there will have been what's called redactions along the way. Now, another way to think of a redaction is an edit. So, for example, one evidence of a redaction that many believe is Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 which says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more so than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now, the question is asked, do you really think Moses wrote that about himself? Or was there an editor that sometime came along and inserted that? Now, by the way, the, that doesn't take away from the inspiration of the scripture. Uh, editors sometimes put in little notations or made corrections based on certain information. But someone here or there may believe, oh, that was 
that was an, a scribe putting that in, so it can't be valid. We have to remember, all the way through the time of Moses, there were prophets, and it's highly possible that one of God's inspired prophets, as he or she looked over these manuscripts, made certain adjustments or addendums. Another episode, or excuse me, episode, another occasion of an edit, many believe, is in Deuteronomy 34, verses 5 and 6, which says, Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Now, that doesn't sound like something that Moses would have written, but rather that someone put in later as they edited the text. Again, believing that very, very likely that scribes or prophets who were inspired by God put those tidbits of information in. Now, the book of Job is believed to have been written in the second millennium B.C., or at least is about that period if it was written later. So to put it in perspective, Job is believed to have been a patriarch akin to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob around their time. Now, regarding what we have, that 10th century B.C. potsherd that I mentioned to you, Kerbet Kaiapha, the Ostrakhan, that is the oldest example of Hebrew that we have found so far. This dated to the reign of King David, and it was found on the north side of the Valley of Elah, which is mentioned in 1 Samuel 17. Now, there are different interpretations as to what it says. So, to suggest it is scripture may not altogether be true. However, this discovery also can't be ruled out as unreflective of scripture. There are others called the Ketef Hinnom amulets, and they are among the oldest discoveries that contain language akin to the priestly blessing of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. They date to the 7th century B.C. So since many scholars, by the way, the 7th century B.C., that's a little bit after the time of Isaiah, to give you a point of reference. Since many scholars believe that the Old Testament is primarily a product of Israel's period after their exile, these two findings cast conclusion into that doubt, given the language that they have. So it's pretty neat. You know, when you hear what academic scholars say and you put that up against some other evidence, you know, it really calls into question some of the facts, or excuse me, the alleged facts that they have hung their hat on for years. Now, beyond the fragmentary pieces that have been found, the Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest full manuscript of our Old Testament. But it's not just the Old Testament. There are various other writings found there at the Dead Sea in and around the area known as Qumran. They are a collection of over 900 manuscripts discovered around 1947 through 1956. And copies of every Old Testament book except for Nehemiah and Esther were found in 11 caves around the Dead Sea. The oldest dates to the 3rd century B.C., which would be around the 200s B.C. Now, before this discovery in the 1940s and 50s, the oldest Old Testament that we had is what's called the Leningrad Codex. 
and that dated to the year A.D. 1008. And when scholars compared the two texts being greater than a millennium apart, they found that very little had changed. So this attests to the accuracy of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and how it was transmitted. There is a notion that is supported by many in academia that we can't fully trust Scripture because of the lack of original copy, uh, original copies, but that's a bit farce when we consider the accuracy between the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Leningrad Codex. You've got over a thousand years, probably 1,200 years between the two, and they are virtually identical. So this is the beginning of how the Bible was created, and probably over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll stick along with this theme. So if you have an interest in it, feel free to hang with us, and God bless you, and hopefully we'll see you here soon.